0: You're listening to Faith Assembly of God online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. Thanks, man. Well, praise the Lord. If you have yeah, that's not gonna work. If you have your Bibles (laughs) if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of John tonight. (laughs) Praise the Lord. John chapter 5, I'm excited uh, for what God has for us here over these next few moments. I'm believing for God to do some amazing things in our midst. And uh, again, uh, tonight is an emphasis on the miracles and healing of Jesus Christ in this room. And and uh, we experience that on a regular basis. And and at some point tonight, I'm going to be sharing my testimony of what God has done personally for me in my life and, and how that's equated to what the Lord is doing in our ministry and our calling. Uh, but here tonight, uh, let's just kind of lay the ground rules out again. Uh, first of all, uh, the Lord is more than able to have already healed you before you even realize it right now. Some of you have even been healed during worship tonight, some of you will be healed even during the preaching of the word, and again, if God happens to touch you, and just like the woman with the issue of blood, uh, she knew in her body she was made whole, if that happens to be you, uh, listen, you just go ahead and jump up and start running around giving God all the glory and honor, and Pastor Bill and I are going to get right behind you, shouting down and and giving God praise tonight, so let's let God have his full reign and authority in this room, if you're here tonight and you're a visitor, I want to say, a great big thank you for coming out tonight and uh, uh again thank you for those of you that i mean, uh, in your giving uh it's just an it's it's kind of humbling to know how the lord provides for us on a, on a weekly basis it's just crazy how big god is and and uh, for the last 10 years as we've done that and went from place to place and never acquired a set amount of dollars or anything like that god has been so good uh, never missed a bill what a good god i serve so i uh, mean if you have your bibles john chapter 5 now listen Tomorrow night, I want to remind you, tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about the second coming of Jesus. If there was ever uh, an important message, the the most important message that I feel like I will speak to you all week long will be delivered tomorrow night. And and so, uh, if you need to change your schedules or do whatever, tomorrow would be a perfect night to bring somebody that does not know the Lord. Uh, I I mean, it's, it's amazing what God is going to do in our lives and give us a fresh renewal of the imminent return of Jesus. He's coming soon, folks, so whether we think he is or not doesn't determine the fact that it's 11 59, 59. Come on, somebody. So I'm excited to show you what I see that is uh, the current events that are happening that fall in line with Scripture and how I see it all playing out, That how the Bible has told us. So uh, please make sure if you can be here tomorrow night, I'd love to see you tomorrow night in church. And even right now, as I'm thinking about it, I think we need to stop and just pray for a moment. Uh, there's some pretty big and important meetings happening in our nation right here tonight in Iowa, and uh, as they begin to help this side who our future leader will be Uh, listen it's time for our church to rise up I know we talked about you know pastor Jason and your staff here has kind of had the theme here at faith assembly is rise up and part of that is that we need to have a voice again instead of sitting back in the name of political correctness or listening to some other authority other than what is biblical, it's what we do. And I know, listen, I'm blue collar. Uh, I'm you know, raised in a coal miner's home. You know, my, uh, my dad involved in his union, my mom, even the president of her union. And I've been so blessed by the benefits that that has, has come from. But listen, folks, we can't be going around doing what other big government and political armies are telling us what to do. Listen to me, we have to go by what the word of God says tonight. And so it's time for us to stand up for the standards of God instead of the standards of some fat cat politician or union leader that just keeps taking your money week after week and you never see any any benefit from it. Sorry if I stepped on your toes, but they probably needed it. Uh, Listen, I love you tonight and I'm I'm not afraid to tell you the truth, not to mention I'm leaving after Wednesday. So uh, (laughs) that's another thing. Love you. Uh, so uh, listen, let's pray right now for just a moment. Uh, uh, let's just ask God to have his way and for good godly men and women to stand up and to gain favor in those caucuses tonight. I know it's a little different than what we do is in primaries. They actually stand up in a room and try and convince other people to go in their direction. I mean, it's literally, they get into a room and talk about it. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I've I never been a part of it. I'd love to be there just to kind of see because that always has intrigued me, in particular presidential politics. I just think that stuff crazy, and I love watching that, but uh, listen, we need to make sure that men and women of God rise up. Amen? It's time for us to stand up for biblical truth. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we call favor upon the men and women of God in Iowa right now. Uh, Lord, may there be clarity, uh, Lord, and, and just uh, a way, Lord, Not may, may not eloquence of speech prevail tonight, but may the favor and the anointing of God Almighty prevail in Jesus' name. Lord, I know, Lord, you have blessed us with a wonderful nation. This is still a great nation, we thank you for it, God. And, Lord, I pray now that your bride would rise up and stand up and be that shining city set on a hill in the name of jesus christ god thank you for what you've done lord thank you for what you're going to do thank you for the prosperity and the success that you've given to our nation lord i pray that we would honor you that we would bless you that america would bless god thank you for all you've done in jesus name and everybody said amen amen Amen. i think it was ronald reagan that said uh, 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 a nation uh, what is it? Help me out, Pastor Bill. You're political with me. One nation, uh, a nation that's uh, not under God is a nation gone under. Something like that. That sound about right? I'll say I said it. How's that go? I'll get Ronald Reagan off the hook. John chapter 5 tonight. John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. And uh, here we go. I'm telling you, this is going to be a wonderful night in the presence of God. And we're going to gather around these altars in just a few moments. John chapter 5, starting at verse 1, reading from the New International Version. And if you would tonight, would you stand again for the reading of God's Word as we've been accustomed to over the last day or so? Uh, John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. If I haven't said it enough yet, John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Capitulo 5, it says, Sometime later. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. And I love religious people. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well, stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away. This guy's unreal. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. Let's pray. Father... One more time tonight, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the strong name of your son Jesus, may all fear be cast out of this room by your perfect love, and Lord, may faith arise in our souls right now. Lord, I come against every spirit of infirmity. The Lord rebukes you You, uh, in the name of Jesus, and I declare the healing and freedom of God. loose in this room right now. Thank you, God, for all you've done. Lord, may you receive the glory and the honor that is due your name and you alone. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. So here, listen to me. I, 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 here, we're gonna, I'm going to talk very quickly tonight, and uh, and so I need you to listen quickly because I'm going to get around the altar and watch the Lord do some things and, and how he works in our lives. But here tonight, we're going to, it's talking about a story from the book of John where Jesus comes into Jerusalem during one of the Jewish festivals, and he comes to a place called Bethesda, this little pool that was there, and, and this name of the pool was called Bethesda. Now, this is important, and this is where we're getting our starting place and where we're going to launch from uh, the pool Bethesda. Now the word Bethesda, how many of you mean know names have meanings? You with me? Names have meanings. And so the word Bethesda has a meaning as well. In Hebrew, anytime you see the word Beth, it literally means house, house, okay so the word beth means house so even at any time you look throughout scripture and uh, in the different cities and different towns that are named uh, uh, that start with beth that means it's a house of something so for instance uh, in the city of david where jesus was born was called what you all flunked sunday school didn't you there's like three of you that passed come on jesus was born in the city of david called what Bethlehem, right? Beth meaning house. Uh, Lehem is part of the Hebrew word meaning bread. So the bread of life, Jesus, was born in the house of bread, Bethlehem. You following me so far? So that's kind of how we're going with this tonight. And here Jesus comes to this pool called Bethesda, Beth meaning house, and the Hebrew word Kezda meaning mercy or grace. And and so tonight we're talking about Jesus coming to a place called the house of mercy. Bethesda, Beth Kezda, meaning the house of mercy. Listen, tonight in the name of Jesus, I love the name, Faith Assembly. Uh, I love that how it was started some 36 years ago in 1979. Uh, what was it? Pogi? Um, uh, yes, I got it right. Uh, and and uh, the Lord used him, and then, uh, of course, uh, brought Pastor Don Emmel here for so many years, and then Pastor Steve Sparks, and now you have the wonderful Jason Lamer, Reverend Dr. Uh, Bishop, whatever. I, does he make you kiss his ring like he makes me kiss his ring? <laughs> Uh, uh, But uh, uh, just a good, uh, you know, listen, you you have a wonderful heritage here. I love the name Faith Assembly. But for just a moment, uh, here for the next few moments, I am going to declare that this place is now called Bethesda. This is now named the House of Mercy. So we're going to have a little business meeting to have a little temporary changing of the name for the next few hours. Let's just say go until midnight just to give God some time. Uh, but uh, 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 but let's change I, I, Listen, I, I call this meeting into order Pastor Jason, you're no longer the chairman of the board That's going to be me, thank you very much for stepping aside And here I am, I call this meeting into order Do we have a quorum? Yes we do, I see a number of hands Thank you so much, I all say that you're members So you all have voting rights, here we go Let's have our own little caucus right here and right now Let's change the name from Faith Assembly to the uh, House of Mercy Until midnight tonight, all those in favor say Aye All those opposed, like, sign, good. So the house the measure passes. uh, It's now named the house of mercy. Uh, Meeting adjourned. It's all over. So listen, for the next few moments, we are here in the house of mercy. This is the place, the Bible says, where the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed can come. These, for those of us that are maybe hurting and tired and weary, uh, life has not been fair, the circumstances that surround you, uh, the situations that come upon you, have taken you and worn you down, worn you thin, even in your physical body, maybe even spiritually or mentally and emotionally, Uh, Maybe you fear like, whoa, Tim, slow down. I can't get it. Just wait with me for a minute. I'm getting excited here. Uh, Listen to me. This is the place where we can come and find the mercy, the refuge of God. This is the house of mercy. If you've never felt safe before, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would feel the loving arms of a heavenly father wrap around you and feel the warm embrace of the safety of God Almighty. He's going to hide you in the cleft of his rock tonight, and you are going to enjoy the love of our God. So look, uh, here, as we go to that, what's it, what does it mean? What does it mean to come to the house of mercy? What does this all put together? How are we getting there tonight? Well, just look at this with me again in John chapter 5, verse 1. It said again, sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem during one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and it's surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, you're going to notice if you start paying attention, listen, it jumps from verse 3 to verse 5. How many of you have paid attention and you notice that right now? Now, if you're reading a good old 1611 King Jimmy English again, come on, don't you love him? You know, don't you love that guy? Uh, at least, you know, uh, listen, uh, you'll notice that verse 4 is in there and it would say something like this that an angel would come and stir the waters and the first one to get in got healed. Okay? So look, that, uh, it didn't make that verse wrong, uh, but what they've come to find out again in the older manuscripts, kind of like what we talked about last night in the passage of Scripture where it said Jesus was moved with compassion when he touched a leper, but really it was more like Jesus was indignant. How many remember me talking about that last night? Come on, tell me. Tell me I'll reach some of you. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm reaching two people, Pastor Jason. Woo, good meetings. Listen, uh, so... Hear me, uh, and this is the same kind of deal. Uh, an editor came back in a little later and wanted to help us understand uh, maybe what was going on. It doesn't make verse four wrong. It just says it may, maybe it wasn't there uh, whenever John himself wrote this passage of scripture and wrote this this letter that is inspired from the Lord. So, uh, you know, he just wanted to help us understand maybe what was going on, but we're big boys and girls. Come on, and God can speak to us. So uh, here it is. We go to verse five. It says, now one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Listen, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition, hear me tonight, the mercy of God conquers our conditions. i want to be very clear about this tonight. The mercy of God conquers our conditions. You say, well, why does God's mercy conquer our conditions? Well, I want you to understand something. God's mercy means this, that he can't help himself but help us regardless of who we are and where we come from and all the different things that we think are important in the status of our life. Listen to me, God can't help himself but help us. That's the mercy of God, and His mercy is so good that it conquers our temper. An eternal God can easily conquer temporary conditions. You hear me tonight? Uh, let me maybe explain this and unpack this for you again. Here it said Jesus went to Jerusalem during one of the Jewish festivals. Many scholars, including myself, which I don't know if I'm a scholar or not, uh, but uh, this was many believe that this was probably during uh, the nearing, nearing the festival and even the Day of Atonement and all that's going on in and around that. And I'm going to explain to you why I believe that in just a moment. It says that that he there in near Bethesda was near a sheep gate, a sheep gate. Bethesda was this pool that was located inside of the sheep gate. Now, now listen to me tonight. Uh, again, this Aramaic word, Bethesda, meaning house of mercy, was this little pool was located inside of the sheep gate. Now, it goes on to say that it was surrounded by five covered colonnades. Five covered colonnades. I say, I don't know about you, but this strikes me as odd for a moment. Have you ever seen a five-sided pool in your life? Think about it. Anybody? Anybody work in a Pentagon? No, because they don't have one there either. Listen, I've never, seen, I've never in my life seen a five-sided pool. So maybe let me explain to you what this five-sided pool looked like. Will you count it with me tonight? Come on, just, just humor me for a minute. Let's act like we're back in kindergarten for a second. You ready? Count these numbers with me. I'm going to be like my little Vanna White here. You ready? Here we go. You ready? One. Come on, go with me. One. Two. Three. Four, Uh uh-oh, where's numero cinco, you know, donde, where'd it go, where is it? Number five was actually cut right through the middle. Number five was right through the middle, so you had the one, two, three, four, and five was actually counted as it went, the colonnade went right through the middle of the pool. Let me explain to you why. Why do you suppose uh, this, this, this little pool called Bethesda was located inside of the sheep gate? Well, first of all, let's think about this. What do you suppose was outside of the sheep gate? Come on. Come on. Come on. I can't pull the wool over your eyes, can I? They're sheep. They're sheep. It behooved me to say that. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, listen, nothing sheepish about you. There were sheep outside of the sheep gate, okay? And so what would happen? This Hebrew, this Hebrew pool, this, this pool called Bethesda, was actually used as what was called a mikvah a mikvah. Isn't that a fun word to say? Come on. This is a word you've always wanted to say in church, but you've never had the opportunity to say it. I'm going to count to three. Everybody's going to say it. You're going to feel good. Ready? One, two, three. Don't you feel better? Listen, this Hebrew word mikvah, this was actually a cleansing pool that they would use. That the high priest, the Levite, the uh, the temple workers, they would go and they would go out into the sheep market that was located outside of the sheep gate. Come on, somebody. And they would find the purest lamb, the purest sacrifice they possibly could. And they would bring that lamb back through the... Sheep gate, that's right, into this place called the Pool of Bethesda. Now, this is why is it so important that it was a five-sided pool. Because the top side of the pool, was there was a fresh spring that supplied water to the top side of the pool. And they would bring that lamb into the top side of the pool. And they would begin to cleanse that lamb and wash that lamb off. And try to make it as pure and presentable as they possibly could for their sacrifices and their rituals and all that was involved with what they needed to do. And as they would do that, because there was a, five, a fifth side that went down through it, that fresh spring would begin to bubble over. And all the impurities instead of staying in the water right around the lamp come on how many of you, you've ever put your toddler in the bathtub you all know where i'm going with this right now right and then you you let the water out and there is a scum there that you should you're i mean you're just ashamed that it was on your child come on are you following me I mean, you've got to get comment and an SOS pad and everything else. You, you, know, you got to get good steel wool and scrub that baby down. Uh, listen, you know this is why there was a fresh spring because it would take those impurities and let it flow away. That would make that lamb kosher. That would make that lamb presentable and pure, so they could take it. And it's that that high priest. Listen to me. That high priest would go and he would get that 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 lamb, and as he made it pure, he would go and begin to prepare that lamb. And, and we know that they would end up uh, uh, cutting that lamb open as, as they you know killed it, and, and they would take the blood of that pure lamb and the high priest would go into the center of the temple that was known as the holy of holies we talked a little bit about this monday or sunday morning as that high priest would go into the middle of this 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 their temple uh there in the middle of the temple was a room called the holy of holies and in the middle of the holy of holies was something called the ark of the covenant this huge golden box that that, that signified the presence and the glory of god himself and on top of the ark of the covenant were these two huge angels and their wings were outstretched stretched over top of it and that high priest would go into the center uh, of that holy of holies as the presence of god would fill that room he would take the blood of that pure lamb and go to the center of that the ark of the covenant where those two angels were spread out and on top of those two angels was something known as come on the mercy seat you following me and there on that mercy seat, he would sprinkle the lamb of that pure, uh, uh, the blood of that pure lamb uh, to, to wash away, to, to, to cover the sins of Israel uh, for the next year. Listen, you say, well, what does this have to do with Jesus learning our conditions and conquering our conditions? Listen to me tonight. I want you to understand something. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God. If you wanted, you could turn back earlier in John chapter 1, around verse 29, John the Baptist is having a service at Riverside Assembly of God and dunking people under and having a good time, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking down on the side of the Jordan near Bethany, and and there, uh, Jesus comes walking down, and John the Baptist, all of a sudden, his spirit leaped up inside of him. It was almost the same as whenever he was inside of his mama's tummy, and Jesus was inside of his mama's tummy, Mary, who they were related as they got close together. The Bible says, that when, G, when John the Baptist inside of his mom's tummy got close to Jesus that was inside of Mary's tummy that John the Baptist inside of his mama's tummy went like that just had a little you know what I'm saying just have one of those little moments right there. You know, how many of you have ever had one of those little moments right there where you're just like, woo ooh, that's good, you know? how many, Come on, how many That's that? And that's exactly, all of a sudden, that same spiritual feeling, all of a sudden, and by the way, doesn't that, doesn't that show you right there that a child inside of a mother's womb already has a spirit which makes them alive? Come on, somebody, do I need to go any further? But hear me tonight. Here, Jesus steps in. Jesus steps in and he comes walking, and all of a sudden, the G- John the Baptist looks up and says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world." Listen to me. Jesus is the Lamb of God who can wash away our sin and our condition and our impurities. He was pure; his blood was pure. He lived a spotless and a holy life. And when his blood was shed, listen to me. The Bible, you say, "Well, how does he? How could he conquer our conditions? How does this all work?" Well, let me show you a little bit further. Isaiah fifty-three verse three says this: Jesus was was despised Isaiah 53 he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain wow by the way this reminds me if you like using the U version bible up our notes are up there again tonight sorry I forgot to remind you that he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain Like one from whose people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Watch this now. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before it shears is silenced, so he did not open his mouth. Listen to me. You want to know why the mercy of God can conquer your conditions? Because Jesus is familiar with your conditions tonight. He knows what it is like for one week, people to glorify him and praise him and pat him on the back and tell him how awesome he is he is, and even shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, and then the very same week, the next week, uh, listen, people, the same people are there shouting, crucify him, spitting on him, ripping his beard out, mocking him, making fun of him, even gambling over his clothes, listen to me, our God knows what it feels like to have loved ones, and friends, and acquaintances, even turn their backs on him. even someone like Peter, who was close to Jesus, who is not just one of the 12 disciples, but he was one of Jesus' friends, he was one of the close three, between Peter, James, and John, Peter was close to Jesus. And he, listen, Jesus knew what it was like to have one of his friends not deny him once, not be ashamed of him twice, but even curse when even the mention of the name of Jesus was brought up in association with Peter. Listen to me. Jesus knew what it was like to have stripes across his back, a crown of thorns in his head, be laid barren, naked before a world. Listen to me. Jesus knew what it was like tonight. Your pain, your suffering, Your conditions are not unfamiliar to our God tonight. He is familiar with your pain. He knows where you are tonight. You are not alone in this battle. God knows you. He knows your name. He knows your conditions tonight. And that's why his mercy conquers all of our conditions. Jesus came to this this invalid that was there for 38 years. And when he learned of his condition, Jesus had to do something about it tonight in Jesus' name. Maybe you're like the invalid. Maybe you've been dealing with something for a long time. Maybe you're like the woman with the issue of blood. She'd been to every doctor. She'd spent all the money she had. She'd done everything she could. But instead of getting better, the Bible says, she got worse. That might be you tonight. You might be sitting in that chair. I want you to understand something tonight. Jesus knows what it's like for conditions to quickly crumble and get worse. He is familiar with you tonight. He knows where you are. And listen to me. He is giving you direct access to the mercy seat of God. You do not need some priest, you don't need some spitting, slick-haired, shiny shoot evangelist to get you into the presence of God tonight, because when the pure blood of my Savior was spilled out on that cross, listen to me, the veil that kept us out of the Holy of Holies was ripped in two from top to bottom, and we could walk right in into the dead center of the Holy of Holies and experience the presence of God over the mercy seat, just the same as any other religious pious fool could. Listen to me tonight. Jesus is familiar with your conditions all you have to do is call upon his name and it is done right now in jesus name that's the way it is his mercy conquers our conditions but let's go a little bit further verse 6 says this john 5 6 says when jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time he asked him do you want to get well sir the invalid replied I have no one to help me into the water when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Listen to me, not only does God's mercy conquer our conditions, but the mercy of God consumes our character. The mercy of God consumes our character. Let me explain. Here, Jesus comes, learns of this man's condition, that he had been in this, this invalid had been this way for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Now, let me kind of give you a presupposition here just a little bit. Jesus knows everything. Hear me? He's omniscient. He knows it all. He's God. He was here before us. He's going to be here long after this world's gone. He's God. He understands it all. So when he asks a question, he's not asking a question to get an answer. He's asking a question to make us realize where we are and what we've done and the decisions we've made to get ourselves to this point. Jesus wants us to take inventory for a moment here tonight. Let me explain. Jesus comes to this invalid, got there for for 38 years, the invalid had been coming to this pool. For 38 years. And for 38 years, the invalid said, but sir, when the, pool is, when the water is stirred in the pool, someone else beats me in there and I can't get blessed. I can't get healed. Let me explain it to you this way. Look it. For 38 years. Watch this now. 38 long years. Jesus got, or, or the, this invalid got right here. You following me? Listen to me now. 38 years, the invalid figured out a way to get right here. Hello? Is it starting to kick in yet? Let this sink in. And for 38 years, he couldn't figure out how to do this. Watch. It's theological, deep. Watch, watch. 38 years. You all didn't get that. Let me try this side. For 38 years, he got right here. 38 years, he figured out how to get to the edge of the pool. And for 38 years, instead of just rolling on in, he was too busy fixing his eyes on everybody else, looking for an excuse. Because here's what we often do. Listen to me. When we have conditions, we allow our conditions to define our character. You don't believe me? The invalid has been healed for 2,000 years. I still don't know his name, and we call him an invalid. It's even in the Bible. How about the woman with the issue of blood? Same thing. Don't know her name. We label ourselves the divorced one. We're the diabetic. We're the addict. We're the recovering alcoholic. We're this. We're that. We're the one in debt. We're the failure. We're the one that's cheated. We're the, you know, we're the liars. We we label, we allow ourselves to, because here's what we do. Listen to me, and I want to be very sensitive about this, but I want you to be free from this tonight. Because many of us in Christian world, this is how we get our identity. Uh-oh, about to get real for a minute. This is how we get our identity, because this is how our name gets on the prayer chain. And we're afraid we're never going to get mentioned unless we're getting mentioned in some kind of, you know, self-pity and, you know, uh, some, some glorified, you know, prideful humbleness that we try and come up with in and of ourselves. It's, you know, some kind of passive-aggressive Christianity thing, you know. Uh, you know, my, my little kid does this stuff. You know, little Hudson, you know. You know, hey, Daddy... Boy, I sure would love some chips. How about you? Would you, would you? would you like some chips, Daddy? I sure think chips would be good right now. Son, why don't you just ask for them? It'd be as passive aggressive sissy garbage stuff. You know, I don't listen to me. I, I'm not serious. You have not because you ask not. Stop allowing your conditions to define who you are. Your failures do not, listen to me, if you have confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he is God, listen to me, that old junk is gone. It's dead. It's over with. And you say, oh, I'm still dealing with it. You might still be dealing with it, but honey, this is not your home this is not your home. It's time to get over it. This is temporary. I would surmise that this temporary suffering does not come close to the eternal glory of our Father that we're going to be able to spend with Him forever and forever and forever and forever. Come on, and forever and forever and forever. Get over it. I don't want to minimize your problems tonight. I want to maximize how good God is. And when you begin to look at how good God is instead of how bad you think you have it, you begin to realize, I got a good God. (laughs) And we no longer allow our conditions to label us who we are. You're free. The mercy of God consumes our character. See, here's one of the cool things about this. Again, this Hebrew word, kezda, that I told you means mercy or grace, actually has a dual meaning of, of, of shame or disgrace. You say, how can one word mean two different things? Come on, how many remember back in the day whenever bad meant bad or bad can mean good? You know, come on, you with me? Come on, right? How many following me right now? Am I am I the only one still stuck in the late 80s, early 90s? Come on. This is the same way. Here's the difference. Are you going to rely on some man-made tradition and religious scheme to try and get you into the healing and the place for the mercy of God? Are you going to be able to call on the name of Jesus for yourself and walk right into the hole? You need to stop depending on some pious priest to get you somewhere that's telling you, listen, I want to be very careful with this, but listen, if anybody ever tells you that if you send in a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars that you're going to get saved, you're going to get healed, your family's going to get this and that. Listen, I mean, there's a thing about sowing seed and, 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 and you know in faith and that's some good things but you better be really careful tonight you cannot buy the favor of god don't cheapen the sacrifice of my lord and savior who died on a cross and rose from the grave you can't buy the favor of god with some filthy piece of money but you can call upon the favor of god when you mention his name his name is jesus you're free his name is jesus his name is jesus you're free The mercy of God consumes your character tonight. Hear me. Let's finish this story so we can gather around this altar. If we continue to rely on these man-made traditions and schemes, listen to me, we're going to end up in shame and disgrace. But if we would simply place our trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. Folks, in just a moment, we're going to call you forward and, and maybe do some different things here. Don't rely on me to pray for you to get your healing. Don't 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 wait for, you know, somebody to come and shout and scream and spit over top of you and grab a hold of your head and shake you up and down and inside out. You know, they tell you to let it loose, you know, bind it loose it. You know, oh, come on brother, dig in. Let go, you go. Know. You know, like, what? You know, I don't want to It's Jesus. 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 Jesus That's it. That's it. It's simply Jesus. It's simply Jesus. It goes on to say in verse 8, Jesus said to him, "Get up, pick up your mat and walk." And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, "It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat." Hear me tonight. Not only does the mercy of God conquer our conditions and the mercy of God consumes our character, but the mercy of God commands your cure tonight. Jesus has already paid for it. It's done. It's over with. Do you hear me tonight? Uh, and I'm not, listen, I want to be very careful. I'm not in this, you know, this, this, this hyper faith, you know, name it and claim it, claim it, blab it and grab it, whatever, you know, whatever. I think there's definitely some power in positive, you know, speech and not declaring the negative garbage of this world over you. But I got news for you tonight. There is a reality. We live in a fallen world that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus said it this way. In this world, you actually would have trouble. See, people are always get to the point, well, Tim, you don't understand. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I deal with this. I watch everybody else get blessed. Listen to me. Jesus is standing over top of you right now asking you, do you want to get well? It's time to stop looking at everybody else and look up and realize Jesus is standing right among you right now. Boy, this has become a theme, hasn't it? Jesus is come and standing in the room with you right now. And he's asking you, do you want to get well? Let's not give the same reply the invalid is is, ne- is an excuse. But let's just say... say, well, Tim, you don't understand. I'm a horrible person. I've fallen away from God. Maybe you're sitting there and you're feeling a little bit of guilt right now and and this condemnation maybe you think is coming upon you that that you realize that that maybe you've tried to work yourself up into some religious scheme or maybe you're feeling like like you're not good enough. You've done something that that God stopped loving you. Listen to me. I want you to look at the condition of this invalid. This guy is messed up. I mean he's messed up i'm not even listening this guy gets healed for 38 years he was an invalid jesus sets him free and heals him and the first thing he can do instead of giving god the praise and the glory he actually blames jesus do you see that the religious people are like oh you can't be healed on the sabbath who didn't and they're like he's like oh i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to get healed it was him I mean, dude, do, does, does that strike anybody else as ignorant? You know? I mean, I, the idiocracy of that. I try to use that word because if kids don't hear that. You know, idiocracy. That's nuts. Here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. It doesn't matter how good or how bad you think you are, how religious or non-religious, how spiritual or non-spiritual you are, the mercy of God commands your cure. You are a creation of Jesus Christ himself. He made you. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. Before one of your days ever came to be, God had them planned out for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans of hope and of a future. He wants you to, listen, he wants your body and all that is with you in you to prosper just as your soul prospers. Say, Tim, well, you know, how many have ever heard the thing, well, uh, you didn't get your healing because you don't have enough faith? Have never ever heard that before? Well, you just must not have had enough faith to get your healing, right? That's really prevalent, particularly in Pentecostal circles, because we have to come up with for a reason for us not being so spiritual. That's a lie from the devil. They got slipped into that precious saint's ear as it got out of their mouth into yours. Hear me tonight. Let me explain to you why. If you die in this world of some earthly sickness or disease, but you're a follower of Jesus Christ, do you still make it to heaven? Yeah, absolutely. Sickness can't keep you out of heaven. If you happen to die in this world, but you have unconfessed sin and you're not following the Lord, will you make it to heaven? No way. So sin keeps you out of heaven and not sickness, right? You following me so far? So in my mind, sin is way worse than any sickness could ever want to be. You got it? So if you have enough faith That you believe to be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord. When you take your last breath here on this earth, that you're going to look Jesus square in the face. Listen to me tonight. That's more than enough faith. For you believe God's wiped away all your sin, it's more than enough faith that he can take care of some temporary sickness. That's good. That's worth the price of admission right there. Hear me tonight. You're free. Stop coming up with the excuses and just simply ask Jesus there's nothing too big and there's nothing too small my God can't do and just at that moment where you think it's the worst thing in your life that you'll never get touched you'll never get healed listen to me when I was two years old I was diagnosed with a disease called cystic fibrosis it's a disease that's incurable to man it attacks your lungs it attacks your bones it's crippling to people in the same winter season because of that disease I had reoccurring pneumonia over and over and over again it caused large amounts of scar tissue to mount all over my lungs that coupled with the cystic fibrosis uh, the medical field told my parents that I wouldn't live a very long life and the life that I would live would be a very poor quality they said I wouldn't even have enough air to walk down the hallway of my own house I still chuckle at that Well, my parents brought me forward in a church much like this one on an Easter Sunday 34 years ago and they brought me forward there and the pastor and some of the people anointed me with oil as is, as, as is described in the book of James that if any among you is sick that bring them forward and the elders of the church to anoint them with oil and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well because the prayers of the righteous they still availeth much but listen, that day I didn't levitate listen I didn't start like levitating out of my parents hands there wasn't a voice that came down out of heaven that said this is Tim in whom I'm well pleased like none of that stuff happened there wasn't any doves or angels or any of that kind of stuff but what began to happen listen to me as treatments begin to go on and medications and everything and and checkups the doctors begin to go listen stuff isn't reacting in your son's body the way it's supposed to we need to figure this out we better run some more tests I love it when they got to run more tests They go in, take x-rays, do blood work and everything else, come to find out that every piece of scar tissue had disappeared off of my lungs and every ounce of cystic fibrosis had been driven out of my body. Listen to me tonight. With borrowed breath I lift up to you a Jesus who conquers your conditions. He consumes your character. You are no longer labeled by your problems anymore. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are no longer the tail. You are now the head. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus name you go from the end of the line to the front of the line you go from begging for crumbs under the table to sitting at the seat of honor right beside my Savior hear me tonight you are free the mercy of God commands your cure right now in Jesus name be healed that's it it's just like that just last Saturday night I was given the altar call for salvation this fella come right up the Lord told me right to go I went right over and prayed for him there was I don't know honey how many people fit in that church eight, nine hundred something like that and they're all packed in there and I go right over and I pray for this guy he wore super thick glasses and when he took his glasses off his eyes would like shake just wouldn't stop shaking and even with his glasses on he could not read anything so I had him I I had him take out my phone and I opened up the Bible app you know it's obviously in the Spanish version I had him open it. This was back in, in Messiah, Nicaragua, last Saturday night. And I opened up my phone and, and pulled out the little Bible app. I don't know if you have the Bible app on your phone, but the font's like... And he looks at it. I said, go ahead and read it. I said, take your glasses off, too. Took them off, put them in his pocket. And as he began to read it, and he realized he could read it. I tell you. He melted in the presence of God and the church went berserk. Just a few moments later, there, this happened on this side of the church, just a few moments later that she was over on this side, this lady all of a sudden started screaming to the top of her lungs. At first I thought it was like a demonic something or other I was going to go have to buy loose, rebuke, rebuke, do all kinds of stuff, you know, and call the popos. I didn't know what was going to happen. She, ah! Come to find out? She had a chronic, certain type of degenerative bone disease that took the strength out of her body, that she wasn't able to get up and sit down and move around and do all kinds of stuff. All of a sudden, she started getting one of these things, and the power of God came in her and healed her. She took off across the front of the church, and then we brought me. Listen to me, I got news for you. God's going to do it right here tonight. But the greatest miracle of them all has nothing to do with temporary pain and sickness here, but has everything to do with your eternal destination because the reality of it is this ladies and gentlemen you're going to live forever the question is where in the bliss of heaven or in the fire of hell choice is yours stop watching everybody else Stop fix your eyes on maybe hypocrisy and how people you know we mess up all the time fix your eyes on Jesus he's standing over top of you right now do you want to get well accept the love of my savior tonight because I'm telling you best decision you'll ever make will you stand to your feet with me If you're in the room and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, but right here, right now, you want to accept Him into your life. Listen, this is not time. If you're getting keys and all that kind of stuff, just put it down right now for just a moment. This is huge. If you're in the room and you need to accept the love of Christ tonight, that you are not following Jesus as your Savior, and tonight you want to make that decision, nobody's going to bow their head and nobody's going to close their eyes because this, again, this is nothing to be ashamed of. This is everything to rejoice in. If you're in the room, I'm simply going to count the three. Not to trick us or anything like that, but it just brings us to a point of decision. And when I say three, and you know you need to make that decision to follow Jesus, whether it's for the first time or the 50th time, whatever it is. Sometimes, uh, sometimes Pastor Bill, people will ask me, well, what about those people that kind of get saved all the time? You know, you know, come on, we everybody has those, right? You know what I'm talking about? I got news for you. If they need to ride the altar to get to heaven, I'm going to buy them a saddle. I'm just going to get them there. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to do His job and take care of anything else. I want to make sure they know it's all okay. You with me? There's discipleship and things that come, but folks, I want you to get connected to the love of God because you'll never, ever regret a day in your life. If you're here right now, you need to accept the love of God. This is your moment. Right here, right now. When I say three, lift your hand as high as you can. This is it. One two come on if that's you do it right now three come on is there anybody we'll wait yes ma'am is there anybody else thanks for listening tune in again next week